Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email piercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, Metalheads, after going to a Rager, what's your ultimate go-to? Mine is totally pizza. So when Overload is playing or I'm promoting the Metal Forge Live showcases or the big goddamn metal show, I go to Pizza Donisi. Pizza Donisi is gourmet artisan pizza from right here in Louisville, Kentucky. It features things like the pizza of the month, the sandwiches, and also vegetarian and vegan options, which is so totally fucking cool for all, all of it's It's awesome pizza. You definitely want to go. Hey, and also, from time to time, they do cannolis. Oh, so fucking good. You know what they said, man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, just like that in Godfather. They're located right next to the Mag Bar at 1396 South 2nd Street. So either stop in or call in at 502-213-0488. They're open till midnight. The witching hour. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Hey, metalheads, you all hear me talk about Magbar all the time. It is the home to the Metal Forge Live showcases and is an integral stop in the ultimate underground metal tour schedule. They obviously feature live music, but the Magbar also has daily specials like Pint and Slice Night on Tuesdays with Pizza Donisi. But they also do Bring Your Own Vinyl on Thursdays with DJ Kent Jackson. And Finer Things Sundays. Located right next to Pizza Donisi at 1398 South 2nd Street. Open 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. seven days a week. Get your asses out to the Mag Bar. Rock out. For 45 years in keeping Louisville weird, Electric Ladyland has been there for all your eccentricities. While they do offer the best smoking supplies out on the market today, there's a whole lot more to check out. From ashtrays and blacklight posters, to records, incense and burners, and items to stock your metaphysical supply. They're open from 10 to 10, 7 days a week. Located at 2325 Bardstown Road in Louisville, Kentucky, and at electricladyland420.com. Roll out. 
going on metalheads thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the metal forge my name is mark jackson and i am your host hey and this week we have quinn lucas from icarus witch joining us here in the metal forge uh we actually got together uh wednesday night before thanksgiving it was super rad uh we were just hanging out cool ass conversations were had uh, you know because of holiday schedules it's like trying to get people around this time of year it is kind of hard you know and I'm finally you know here, uh, Jason is here with me and speaking of like not being able to get anybody this is like the first time we've actually had like a video chat in like a week and a half it's been a little while yeah yeah and uh, we're both still as ugly as ever which is yeah. awesome uh, in that cool, awesome metalhead kind of way. Uh, but, dude, what's going on? How was your Thanksgiving? I was good. Like I said, I just, um, I don't know. I suffered from some severe stomach pain afterwards. Must have had some too much fat and macaroni and cheese or something. I don't know why. Too much butter. That's because but, um, you didn't have the Metal Forge mac and cheese. Well, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, I... So I, I ate too much and I suffered for it, but I do it again in a heartbeat. I could. Yeah, that is the thing about Thanksgiving. It is uh, very gluttonous, very, uh, yes. very uh, fun sometimes. Yeah, I've been, I've been kind of going to keep it to like a kind of a leaner diet. So like when I introduce all that, you know, fat and, you know, just all kinds of stuff in, back in my diet, it like really, it really right. wrecked me. But I didn't stop like a true like a true champion i just kept eating but i couldn't eat <laughs> right right That's what we did. yeah yeah you had texted me later that day and you're like oh i feel terrible <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, well see i know exactly what you're saying there because you know being diabetic myself uh i, I really gotta be careful you know, because the potatoes are great at Thanksgiving. There's something magical about holiday food like that. It tastes better for some reason. Of course. You know, than, you know, making mashed potatoes in summertime or anything like that. Uh, obviously, the desserts, you know, uh, the, the, the stuffing, the uh, stuffing, dressing, what is it to you? The stuffing. Stuffing. We've had, we had that conversation, right? I don't really know where dressing can come from, to be honest it's kind of weird like it's like dressing well, is like oyster, it was it, well like when it's made with oysters it's called oyster dressing so I just call it 
Actually, I don't even call it stove. I just call it stove top because that's the only kind I buy. Right. Yeah. Which, yeah, for sure. Here we're getting off in the food tangent, which is awesome because, you know, we've been talking about this and and I'm, I'm starting to live by this thing of... We've been talking about doing a lot of things. Let's just put it that put it that way. <laughs> so please, if you would please, if you, uh, this is where I'm gonna uh, rattle the change can out there and say, you know, make some of these uh, things a reality. There is um, a limited tape label that we're contemplating on starting. Uh, there is a uh, Metal Forge cookbook we are talking about starting. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, the tape label will happen. We just got to get that first one done and, and use the money to start paying for the rest of them. The cookbook, you can uh, sell publish on Amazon. So it's really not even that big a deal. No, absolutely. But you don't want to publish it right. Exactly. Yeah. But Format you, right, you I mean. want to do it the right way. You want to do it all the right way. And it's like, that's my goals for 2024 is to get, you know, I have a lot of goals for 2024. New Overload music is coming out. Uh, a couple of new shows coming out. Um, new Flamekeeper stuff next year that I've got ideas Ice for. Uh, Ice House stuff next year. Fucking new Metal Forge releases. Oh, shit. Like, FKR, uh, Metal Forge Cookbook. You know, all of this stuff I have these grandiose plans for, and I want you all to enjoy it, and I want you to share, and then fuck yeah, because it's all about the community, the metal community. Jason, what is on your mind, man? You haven't known a wasteland for a while. We've been doing some kind of these, uh, these like little co-host segments here and there, but seriously, what's... A- Let's do a wasteland. So here, I'm going to fade in this music to the wasteland and go. Well, real quick, I try to do some uh, tours and concerts uh, of notable size uh, for the first um, Metal Forge of the month. So I got a few. Um, These are all local ones, so no tours I know of. However, announced today, and I will be going because it's on a Saturday on 420 next year. Blind Guardian with friends of the show Night Demon going on U.S. tour. Um, yeah, so that's a that's a big one. Um, unfortunately, the venue that they're playing at is a Live Nation venue, so I'm not thrilled about that. But I, when's the next time I'm going to get to see Blind Guardian in the U.S.? Probably, if ever, one more, two more times, maybe. Maybe. So this is the one. This is the one. I'm going uh, to it, and I'm uh, pretty excited. So, uh, <clears throat> so there's that. But um. I got the local ones here. Uh, so our friend uh, Josh from Grasping Air uh, has one more show this year uh, at Fleetwoods. It is a Bone Dozer, Flying Too Close to the Sun, and Fire Nest. That will be this Saturday, December 2nd, uh, if you're in the area or knowing want to see any of these bands. They'll be playing in Fleetwoods. Uh, also, uh, the Warren Haynes Christmas Jam uh, featuring... Uh, Slash and Miles Kennedy, uh, Billy Gibbons, uh, Government Mule, uh, Clutch, Jason Bonham, and some other people I don't even know about playing uh, the next Saturday, December 9th, here in Asheville. Uh, so that should be a pretty good one. I got old man uh, balcony seats for that one, so I can yell at the performers like the dudes from the Muppets if I need to, which is always <laughs> a good thing. 
<clears throat> and then uh, one more show that I know of, uh, confirmed, uh, December 16th at a new venue called Eulogy, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, the band Basque is playing Ooh. there. And, that, and that'll be the first time I get to go to that venue, check it out. Hopefully it's cool. And uh, they will, hopefully we'll be playing there next year. And then um, not confirmed, but TW might have one more show um, this month. But I don't know yet because it's not been confirmed. So... There you go. That's my that's my local concert rundown because there's not really much many tours happening uh, in December. Uh, Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah, so I am gonna go ahead and uh, give mine out too. Uh, yeah. There there's a fuck ton of stuff going on in Louisville tomorrow, uh, December the second. Uh, so fucking, I would really like it if you know everybody could share the wealth like we've done so much in the past. But the Krampus Fest at Art Sanctuary, I love that show and, and the people who put it on. And I love Art Sanctuary, so please go to that. Uh, I am also promoting uh, the last Metal Forge uh, concert of the year at Magbar with the return of Friends of the Metal Forge, The Hell You Say, Kiarn, and Those Who Speak Evil, which is Metal on a Budget's guitar player Justin White. Uh, they're playing that show, which will be fucking awesome. And that is a 8 o'clock door, um, 9 o'clock music, uh, bands 9, 10, 11, um, fucking 10 bucks at the door, you know, kick ass, uh, metal every day on that shit. And there's a, quite a few other shows that I that I see going on too. Um, so, fuck yeah, man. Um uh, that fucking Night Demon, though, uh, that, that fucking, I saw that and I was like, whoa. Yeah. This will actually be the first Night Demon show that I didn't open for him to go see. I've never seen him besides playing with him, so that should be fun. Like, on a bigger stage. You never know there might be local support added. Probably not. Um, I don't, I don't know if local, I don't know if, like, regional bands are really gonna get to open for Blind, Blind Guardian. Because it'll be so, like, it'll be so, like, militant as far as like start time setting up sound checks people backstage stuff like that <clears throat> so um, plus they're coming from overseas so like the whole COVID thing they probably don't want right. people like in the outside the camp like coming in because that's how you like you know have, how you could have an accidental outbreak stuff like that so yeah I think it'll just be I think it'll just be night demon opening every every single uh, night which will be rad, rad as fuck you know because you know if you go see night demon even if they have like a 35 minute set you can still catch like 14 songs yeah right (laughs) (laughs) yeah so and i haven't seen any i haven't seen anything uh from outsider so they could play the whole album actually and a few other ones and uh dude that is honestly on and i want to go ahead and, and get this ball rolling now uh the last metal forge of 2023 it's the last Friday of 2023. Right. And it is, I believe, the 30th. Is that right? Uh, I don't know right offhand. I believe, right. It's the, I believe it's the 30th of... Well, Christmas is the 25th. is a Monday. So go seven days. New Year's, New Year's Day would be a Monday. So it'd be a Sunday. So yeah, uh, actually it'd be 29th, I believe. Whatever day. 
We'll yeah. get to it. We'll get to it. It's about a month away. So uh, I am going to promote this now, and it will be myself, Jason Gardner from the Heavy Metal Wasteland and the Alehorn, Aaron Assant from Assant and Battery, and Justin White from Metal on a Budget. And we are all going to give our top two just album. two? Just two. Oh, come on, man. We gotta do more. We gotta do at least five. Top five. Top five only. Alright, there you go. It's top so five fun. only. Bang. Yeah. That's 20 albums. I mean, that, we could do that in about an hour and 15. Yeah. We might have to do this as a crossover episode where we do where it's on a Sauntin battery. The the Metal Forge, the Mud Horn, and the Ale Horn, and Metal on a Budget. There you go. Yeah. We might have to do a big end-of-year crossover episode now. Fucking, I love that idea. That's that's great shit. (laughs) And so (laughs) I want to go back to an old-school fucking song here from uh, Icarus Witch. Uh, we're going to listen to uh, something off of Songs for the Lost all the way back in like 2007. Damn. Yeah, we're going that. way old on these That's when, that's when we started. So, yeah. Right? Uh, same here. Uh, this is Written in the Stars. <laughs> Lighting the way The zodiac 
What's up, metalheads? This week, you know, I'm going to go ahead and everybody knows this is a pre-recorded deal. So this is the night before Thanksgiving we're recording this, but it's going to be after Thanksgiving when it's released. So uh, we're probably going to talk turkey here uh, a little bit, no pun intended, but yeah. Uh, with uh, Quinn Lucas from Icarus Witch. Dude, what is up? What's happening, man? Dude, How you doing? Ah, oh, you see it. I'm chilling out here. It's, uh, I always remember being a kid and like my friends telling me after we came back to school, how they got to watch survivor series on Wednesday night in the, with the wrestling stuff. And like, I miss days like that where you could go, go home and watch, watch wrestling on a Wednesday night pay-per-view with family and, and, and your uncles there like, Kick his ass! You know, just shit like that, dude. <laughs> like, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. It's I like that. It, it's that mid- early '90s wholesome thing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's not a family holiday unless shit gets wrecked somewhere, right? Right, right, right. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And uh, whether it be, I don't know, man. No, seriously, all all uh, all of that shit aside, dude. What's what's up? How are you? Uh, doing well, man. Doing well. We uh, just released a new album. Um, had the release party the beginning of this month, beginning of November, and man, the response has been awesome. And I can't be happier with. You know, not only the finished product, but people's reactions to it, and things are good, man. Things are real good, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, no devil lived on. Uh, like I said in my write-up, it's like to me, it was the deal of okay. I see what everybody else is saying, and I, it's like I, everybody, wow, it's so fucking awesome. You know, blah blah. blah. It's like, gosh, man. It's like, how can you change? And make somebody actually listen to something, you know? And that's why I said, you know what? Yeah. If everybody already hears what, what good songs there are and everything else, but, like, take the audio part of it. Just the the mix, the master, you know, just the, the, the image of it. Because I always feel like there's, you know, there's three types of bands. And I'm gonna, we're already going to get deep and philosophical here in the first five minutes. <laughs> I always feel okay. like there's three I'm, types I'm down, of bands. Man. And there's bands that you listen to, there's bands that you watch, and there's bands that envelop your, your core being. And, you, and it's an experience. Okay. okay. And, you know, listening to this, I got lost in it. Because it was a... It was a one thing. I, I always set out to listen to an album first sitting. You know, I always try to okay. make the time to to devote a full-on listen. I don't want to listen to, like, two songs and then two songs and then two, you know. I want to listen to yeah. the entirety just to be able to form an opinion and say, okay, this is what I like. So when you all write... And my question is this, because I'm kind of going long in my explanation here. Uh, when you all write, do you write like that, thinking of how you want to hear it or what you want to hear, or or what is it? That's a pretty good question. Um, I think a lot of the times, and this is like goes back to the history of the band, um, uh, especially whenever 
you know, Jason and I started writing together, it was it was always about fuck trends, right? Like not thinking about what's going on, what because we we were doing this in back when traditional metal was not fucking popular whatsoever, right? <laughs> like it was the death of it. Like it was the polar opposite. There was only a handful of bands really doing it, you know, uh, across the states anyway. For sure. No, Um, and I can relate to that because I was doing a thrash band in that same time period when you had later era thrash bands like a Municipal Waste that that could still do something, but like for the most part, yeah. Uh, No, so continue. I I totally relate to that. So we've always been of the mindset to write the shit that we want to listen to. Like as a fan, because I mean, honestly, we're fans first. You know, right. that's that's why we got into this because we love metal. You know, and I think that if you remember that, like, especially, I mean, shit, it's going on. Oh my god, like twenty years. <laughs> you know that 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 Jason and I have been doing this. Um, if you keep that at, like your core being, it's going to keep you honest. You know, and so I think you you write shit that you want to hear, and that's that's just kind of my working motto. Like, right. if, you know, if a band that I love isn't producing something that I want to hear, but I've been influenced by that band, then I'm gonna fucking write my version of what I want to hear. You know? Yeah, and I but, think that's I think that's what we all try to do, and you know, just as much. Here's the cool thing to me in that regard. As you just said, if the band that you that you've influenced doesn't want is not checking the box for you and you but you can check that box and write what you want to hear. Yeah, because I think that's ultimately what they did. You yeah, know, the Iron exactly. Maidens and the and those bands. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You can't tell me that, you know, it, you can't tell me that you know Judas Priest wasn't going back and saying like, "Ah, oh, man, how would how would these guys do it? How would you know?" It it's a natural form of course, I think, as right. a musician, you know, uh, well, or even as an artist, whether you whether you paint or you play a uh, guitar, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like it's, you, you you know how would so and so do it? Love, yeah, and yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think that's funny that you mentioned that because if you, there's certain instances that, you know, me being a music, like a stringed instrument musician, a guitar player, bass player, whatever, that, you know, when you hear certain overlapping things in in songs that are from two different bands, but yeah. are in like the same genre and era of each other. It's cool. Like, uh for example, Steal Away the Night uh, has a riff in it that is totally in, like, Hellion Electric Eye. Yeah, has that kind of bouncy back and forth, like, stacked forth thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> See, you knew you went immediately to it, you know? You knew exactly yeah. it. And, and just, as, uh, just as much as uh, Curse of the Pharaohs is fucking two minutes to midnight, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah man. I'm, I'm, dude, we're like, we're, we're like symbiotic here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I dig that because it's, is it like, 
bros, you know, poking fun at each other and being like, oh, yeah, I can do it, too, and I can do it better. And yeah, exactly. and just, like, joshing on each other, you know? That's, yeah, that's I mean, what I think if is funny. You listen to, yeah, if you listen to, like, half of, well, all of, like, even Too Fast for Love or Shout Out to Devil, it's like, dude, it's sweet songs all day long in those types of riffs, but like played the way Mick does it and made it rock and like more rock and roll, you know, it's right. like, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's old school glam rock at its finest, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, shit. and so anyway, as we were talking a minute ago about how that affects the album and such, so you all are are celebrating a a 20 year anniversary of Icarus Witch this year too. Yeah, coming up, man. Um which is crazy to think about. Because <laughs> you know because the uh the metal archives have have y'all listed as 2003. Yeah. Is formation. So Yep. That's and, dude. That's a pretty heavy feat. I think uh, you know Midnight just celebrated a twenty-year anniversary too. Yeah, fuck and, man. I mean, those you guys, guys yeah, dude. those guys. <laughs> and I got to give it up to them because they've been grinding it, man, and they're they're crushing it. Oh, always. Right? I mean, um, it's what they got to do. I mean, I don't think they know any any different or better. <laughs> and, and I don't think I don't think any of us would want them any different, you know. No, God no. Um, just just as much yeah. as you all, you know. Nobody wants you all any different either. But seriously, though, that's twenty man. years, man. I mean, when it comes down to doing an album, that's you know another album at this point. I mean, how does that how does that feel for you all? Because, like I say, I've got quite a few out myself, but we haven't done a full length in a while. We've just been doing the EP thing. But, like, mm-hmm. here it is, you know, this is 20 years culminating to this album. I mean. Uh, okay. I mean, I guess the best way to sum that up or try to paraphrase it is as best as possible. It's, we all, no matter what, we always try to. It's not about outdoing, you know, another band or competing or, like I said, trends. It's about trying to outdo ourselves. As it should and be. Try, yeah, and try to do things that we've never done before. Okay. Um, and every every Icarus Witch album is very different from the previous one. Go, uh, going way back to the, the EP, um, you know, the EP was very kind of neoclassical driven trad metal. Um, and then capture the magic took a little twist on that and had more of a kind of, a, I don't know, almost scorpions vibe to it. And then songs for the lost definitely had more of a progressive vibe to it and then draw down the moon, like strip back and had almost a Rocky badlands kind of vibe to it and so on and so forth um with this one like jason and i were sitting around like maybe only like two or three songs in saying hey why don't we do a concept album never done that before okay sweet let's talk about concepts like looked at all the the song ideas that we had kind of seeded and went from there and, and it was just 
again, you, you just compete with yourself going like, can we do this? Can we, can, you know, and it makes you work harder. Right. It makes because you, it, like, you give yourself a, you give yourself a goal and you, and you give yourself something yeah. you want to attain and why not? Yeah, exactly. It's like it, at this point we have, we have nothing to lose by just making another, you know, we don't want to make another, you know, whatever goodbye cruel world or another rise or another capture the magic. If it happens to sound that way, so be it, but we're not trying. We're never trying to do it. You right. Know? You're, you um, let it stand and, on its own for what it is. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I, at, the, at the end of the day, like, I always try to – it's got to be interesting for me. Right. You know? Um, because if it's not, and it's like, why, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, if, if I'm not having fun and it's not interesting – I've been doing it long enough. I don't need to be doing it anymore. <laughs> right. You know? So by that rationale, are there songs that you don't play now because of that? Like you've um, lost, it's either a lost, like the magic or the specialness to it that you just, there's, you have no desire to play it. Uh, there's tunes that we will obviously like, even whenever you write them, you're like, oh, this is probably never going to make its way into the live set. <laughs> you know, because it, either it's like, yeah, it's too slow or whatever. Um, but there are definitely songs in in my mind anyway. Uh, the other guys m may feel completely different. But um, that's so interesting I that you say that because coming from my perspective, I am always trying to write songs on the on the album or EP that the possibility that is that they can always be played live. Yeah. And for the longest time, um, whenever, whenever I first got an acre switch, it became, which was back in 2004 or five. So it'll be 19 years for me in the band. Um, whenever I first got in and started contributing material right away, it quickly became like, oh, Quinn writes the the bangers, like the the live tunes, because you know I'm a guitar player. It's like this is what I want to do. I want to be Randy Rhodes. Come on, man, <laughs> <laughs> right? I want to rock out. Um, so like songs like, like you know Black Candles and stuff like that that are, are staples of our live set. Um, and then I you know started me and Jason really gelled over our love of like early Fate's Warning and um, early Queensryche and stuff like that and I was like okay here's a really cool awesome weird idea I don't know if it's gonna work live why not um, but it, even our last album uh, Goodbye Cruel World I don't think we'll ever play like anti-venom live I would love to but I don't think we will. Um, well, well, yeah, because some things logistically are hard to do. You yeah, know, it, whether it be um, whether it be extra guitar tracks in the studio or certain sounds that you know are a staple, and it might sound odd without it live. You know, like yeah, yeah I totally get that because. So I think, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that um, it, at the end of the day, it's like even on the, this new album, we are going to play the whole thing front to back because I think whenever you do a concept, you need to present it live that I way, agree. at least for 
for a run of shows, right? Yeah, like um, a special occasion, and then, and then, yeah, then you can do your medleys and stuff. I believe, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like so. I think out of the gate, we're gonna do the album front to back, and then a couple favorites, and see you later next time. You know. Um, and then next time we'll just mix it up and, and pick some uh, choice songs. But uh, that's the other thing that I really love about being in a band is cultivating the set. Right. Right. You know, I think that's the, to, like, I think that's our reward for, you know, for, for doing the hard work of writing so many songs, you know, because yeah, you can draw from 20 years worth of music at this point. And it's just like, yeah. hey, we could go out and do a classic set, you know, where it's all stuff exactly. from 2005 and 7. Yeah. Or, and you I know. Think go ahead. Yeah, what's funny is, like, a lot of times in Europe, they'll, you know, uh, festivals might request, like, uh, hey, can you do a classic set? Or can you do selections from this album or whatever? And... I get the biggest kick out of it because it is stuff that we may have haven't played in years. Right. Um, which is cool. You know, it's, it's, it's rad. I, I think it's awesome. Um, I'm always up for a challenge, uh, whether that be like, Oh my God, you know, like I got to relearn a song that's 15 years old. I haven't played it since we recorded. Well, you know, I think that's funny as hell because like when the, uh, stones, got back together for like the tour that they did in like the like 2000 and like four or whatever it was yeah it was the first time they had been together since like the uh uh what was that um something uh bab uh what was the lat uh some fucking voodoo lounge or something whatever the the album was in the 90s that they had came out with yeah uh and I can't remember what it was, and I'm too lazy to look it up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they were talking about how they had to have the albums backstage so they could listen to the songs. Say they they were going to be like, we were going to put this and this and this and this in the set. And they kept listening through other stuff. It's like, holy shit, we did that? Let's play that. Yeah. And it's just like, holy fuck, man. It's like do you, that they had released so many songs and, and albums and shit that they couldn't even remember shit to. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it, it, it's funny because we, we'll hear something. We'll listen to, you know, what, whether it'll be, you know, Van in it down to Baltimore or something like that. It'll be in Andrew's van or something or... And he has a completely different... He has all the songs uploaded on his playlist. So we'll hear a song like, holy shit, that was us. That's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Wait a minute, what was that from? No. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'll look at Jason, I'll be like, I like that song. <laughs> What's, has, has that ever happened, though, where you have heard something and you're like... And you all go in for sound check and you play through... You like... It starts this little, like, earworm and you play through it. And then, like, by the end 100%. of the... Like, you're doing, like, a four-day thing. And, like, by the last show, it's in the set. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> it's happened with with uh, our own material. It's happened on tour with covers. Um, <laughs> That's even did, better. 
Yeah, we did like a 35 or 36 date tour with Y&T. And like the first week we would sound check and I'd always start playing. Um, or I'm trying to think of which one I started playing then. It was uh, one of the one of the maiden tunes we did with with uh, Paul Diano, and by the end of the set, it was in it, it was oh it was running free. It was oh, in the I set like all song. the time. And then one of the Diano tours during the Icarus Switch set, I would always sound check with "Say What You Will." By the end of the tour, we were doing "Say What You Will" in our set. Nice, <laughs> like <laughs> it's like fuck it, let's play some fast way, man. <laughs> well, why not? You know, I mean, I get it because it's like okay, you know, you there's still a there's still a license that has to be paid for that, and <laughs> you know. Yeah. And but it's 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 so much fun to me to to be able to let loose and like just even that little nugget of like hey this wasn't planned. What's the craziest that one that you've far. ever done though? Oh man, I don't know, man. We would do some, we would do some weird ones. Like Paul would always want to play like with Diano. He would always want to do punk covers or like. An ACDC cover, right? So we'd rip in a you know something. Um, as far as I, I remember, the first time, <laughs> uh, it was one of one of my first gigs with Acre Switch. We did the, and it was before we released our actual cover of it. We did the Ripper uh, from Judas Priest, nice. and not that it's a crazy song or anything. It's just that it went so fucking horribly awry. <laughs> <laughs> Those are always the best. The spinal tap moments. Yeah, and I, I just like I I just looked over at the side of the stage like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like what are we playing? Did you guys find a new version? Like one of those things. Um but we've we've done we always do like weird ones for us. Um so we was trying to pick like, oh, it'll either be like, oh, that's cool. They played that or wow. Wasn't expecting them to play that. Like we've done uh, like too young to f- uh, fall in love live before, nice. which is like just off the wall in the middle of a trad metal set. You just, you know, start, start playing some old school crew. Right. Um, you know, it, it's just, yeah, it's uh, we're always game for whatever, man. So we always try to keep it, like, interesting, cool deep cuts and shit like that. Yeah, for real. Because, hey, dude, like, deep cuts are the best. Like, I still think one of my favorite fucking, like, deep cut uh, Priest songs is Take On All The World. <laughs> oh, dude. Nice. It's like that yeah. fucking anthem. I want to play it at the like how fucking uh, how Maiden plays Always Look On The Bright Side Of Life. I yeah. want to fucking play "Take on All the World" uh, by Priest after after nice. our set, <laughs> just because yeah, it's such like, a fucking I mean, big sing along song, and fucking yeah, exactly. like it's like yeah. Uh, I think now, like now, my mindset is like I don't know. Maybe we're gonna add like Headhunter from Crocus to the list or something like nice. that. Like you know, nice fucking oh yes. It's got to be something like that. It's got to be some fucking something that you could go into any flea market in America and find the album. So Crocus would fit well with that because I think you could find any Crocus album in 
the flea market. You can you could probably almost yeah. do that with Annihilator also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, we used to we used to scour truck stops to find the five dollar Bob Seger CD for the van. <laughs> you know, it's like oh maybe we're gonna find the Seegs tonight. <laughs> yeah, and honestly. Um, this is one of my most recent purchases. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> one of these nights. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, I've had Hell it, on, yeah, I've got man. it on vinyl already, of course, but like I didn't have a CD copy. So it's like, I gotta, gotta get it. And I was talking with, uh, uh, Jeff Becerra from fucking possessed. And we were talking nice. about, and we were talking about how fucking, how, Take It to the Limit is a four-and-a-half-minute four and song, and the outro is, like, almost two minutes. And yep. it's just like... And then it's like, you know, Overkill by Motorhead's the same way, you know? And yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the song's over, but they just rock it out for another two minutes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, you know, and that's parts of the, the, the parts of the set that I think are always cool. So, with the new album being concept, are there going to be certain aspects to stage show uh, lending to this as well? Yeah. For the live show? Um, I think, yeah, I think the idea is to do a lot of the panel art. Okay. Um, because I, the, the, whole, the whole thing with me even writing it is I wanted it to listen like you read a comic book, right? Right. Like you could visualize, you have the artwork to guide you through and kind of speak on a vision. Cause usually we write very, um, generalized lyrics, not meaning general, like, Oh yes, this is about driving a fast car or some bullshit like that. Um, but meaning like the listener can like take on their own meaning to a lot of the, a lot of the songs throughout the career, uh, our career. I'm not going to lie about this concept. I'm not going to lie about this, but when you sit there and just said, and I'm sorry to interrupt was, um, well, you know, there's some bullshit about driving a fast car. The first thing I thought of was red Barchetta. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not a bullshit song about a fast car. But... <laughs> I was like, I mean, you got to give you got to give it up to the professor. I mean, he's 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 he was one one in a million, one right? in three million. But probably. no, you, like you know? some bullshit about driving a fast car, and I'm like Red Barchetta. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm just talking about you know. Uh, Speaking um, of concept albums, but, yeah. So I mean, rush aside, <laughs> literally, like I think differently like rather than leaving it open to interpretation since we're trying to tell a story in the album it had to musically line up with the lyrics right and then obviously provide some sort of visual with the album in the cd artwork and the panels to to do that as well okay um so we want to incorporate that into the live set and kind of you know uh, I guess do do the album justice visually as as well as playing it, you know. Absolutely. And again, that relates back to what I had said earlier in the show about there's three types of bands in my opinion. 
bands you listen to, bands you see, and bands that fucking do every you know the ones that fucking consume yeah. you. Your bands like mine. One of mine is Motorhead, of course. You know, whatever they did. Fuck, yes, <laughs> I got an awesome story after this for for the Motorhead thing. <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, and I think very, I, I very much agree on the Lemmy standard of like any five dudes can, uh, write an album, uh, go out and put it on the road and do it. And I think that implies, you know, that implies you playing your music, you, you producing your music and showing people how to do it. Yeah. You know? And and that's where it's yeah. at. And so it's like any five dudes can stand on a stage, but any five dudes, you know, four dudes, six, ten, three, however many, you know, to fucking sit there and give give them a show, show them what it's about, make people believe it. Yeah, exactly. But you know, and and, think- and whether or not that's visuals, you know. We use, I use fucking stage props. Here's a, you know, there's one right there. The big crucified fucking skeleton. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, totally. So what's your, uh, what's your motorhead story? Uh, So we were out for uh, Gates of Metal a couple months ago in LA and couple of the boys never been to the rainbow so i was like fuck gotta go to the rainbow right absolutely let's go um so we're in the lemmy lounge you know outside in the patio um sitting there having a couple drinks and some just random guy walks in like tommy bahama shirt like completely out of place for the lemmy lounge or even the rainbow for that matter right Um, but i will say like if you look it up on Yelp, like their pizza reviews are pretty banging because they got some killer food. Yes, they but, do. Uh, yeah, he's he's looking around and we're all sitting there lining in the bar, and he's like, "So who's this Lemmy guy?" <laughs> and my buddy James just literally laughs in his face. He's like, <laughs> and then he goes, "Oh." You're fucking serious, aren't you? <laughs> like, holy <laughs> shit! Like, what? Why are you here? What like, the fuck? <laughs> like Jesus. and the whole time I'm just like I'm like thank God the bartender didn't hear that like no <laughs> your shit. ass to be out of throwing your ass out but no man it's it's just so funny that um you know it's become you know Lemmy's presence and now you know lack thereof has become such a uh, driving force for people to make a homage to to the rainbow to oh, you know sure. kind of you know, walk in the footsteps of greatness, as I say. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So um, the uh, the first time I was there, uh, he was still alive. So none of that was there was stuff there, but not like not like it is now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like they had the stuff outside and the, like the patio and stuff. Like there was a uh, there used to be a snaggle tooth that was in the concrete out front, and it's not there anymore. Uh, when they actually built the lounge, they moved it or they took it out. But the cool thing about it was was just like, you know, the last time I was there, which was the uh, the fiftieth anniversary uh, shows um, that year, and um, 
it was just really cool because I had dinner there for, and that was the first time I had eaten there. Just a rad fucking yeah. time. Had surf and turf and fucking went all out. Yep, I tell people they they can do the best pizza and then you can get an awesome lobster tail. Oh, like one of the yeah. only places that I know that can do that. Yep, <laughs> and you know, and Mike. Uh, Junior, you know, he actually just passed away here recently, so rest in peace yeah. to him. I hope uh, I hope that stays in the family with the uh, the rainbow and the whiskey and everything. So because yeah, we were we were just there, and I think um, from from what I seen and talking to the staff, and uh, there was uh, staff from the whiskey there as well having lunch and Mm -hmm. i think it's going to be strong man i think they're i think they're going to keep it together i think it's going to be pretty awesome well i would think that you know that somebody in the family would be able to take it over i would think yeah um and of course this is all speculation on my part so uh, (laughs) don't 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 look to me for to be ace one here yeah i just think it's um too too important um, landmarks, and especially just for one town, right? Oh yeah. You can't let well, that I mean, not even just that, that just that little, that's that little like uh, two block section, you know, where you've got the Roxy, the Rainbow, and the whiskey. Yeah, you can't let that go, man. You can't let that become an office or a fucking apartment, or no. you know what I mean? Like you got no. no. <laughs> Fuck no. Yeah, it, definitely not. Trust me, the strip. It, the strip does not need another store to buy a person. Like, right? You know, we don't need we don't need stores there. Right? No shit, dude. There was yeah. a there was a car dealership there that I didn't even realize was a car dealership because it was in like a really small fucking tiny ass building, but they had like Bentleys in there, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> <You're walking. laughs> Yeah, and you walk in, it's like the world's smallest garage. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, this is fucking insane. And it was like, Bentley, <laughs> Bentley, Bentley. And it's like, they were all three like parked in the building. And I was like, oh, how the fuck insane. did you even get them in here? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, the, dude, that, that place is like another planet sometimes. It is. It is, and I enjoy it, man. Like it's, I I miss it out there, right? I miss it out there. Oh yeah. Every time I'm there, every time I'm there, I'm like, okay, I got my stops. I know where I got to go. I know what I got to do. Um, and you know, it's just cool about uh, this. One of the cool things about being able to travel is you, you become, you you find a kinship with cities, right? And you oh, get yeah. like your little traditions, like you know, ah, whenever I'm. Whenever I'm in Nashville, I'm, I'm I'm doing this place for breakfast, no matter what. Like, if y'all want to come along, we're going. You know, if we're in Baltimore, like we're gonna we're gonna go do this. If we're in California, like uh, I know the, this guy and this guy's gonna go on a hike. I'm gonna go get drunk at the Rainbow, <laughs> like, right? Those kind of things, you know. Or <laughs> like, or you're at least going to pregame on the way to the Rainbow. To where you're not yeah. spending an assload of money at the Rainbow, yeah. because on some yeah. days it, it 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 can get expensive. 
Oh yeah, especially if there's if there's if it's a party atmosphere, man. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the first time Forget the first it. time I was there, I uh, I actually met uh, Jeff Hanneman there, which was cool. That's um, yeah, we were there. It was uh, Dave Lombardo's birthday party one night. Holy shit! That's <laughs> cool. we were like, just, yeah, it was crazy. Like um, he like there were like we just uh, we're going to the rainbow. Um, and showed up, and we had uh, we had played. The Key Club was still open then. We played the Key Club uh, the night before, and then we had like three days off. Stayed right there, like right down the block from the Rainbow, and we were playing Santa Ana. Like was the next day. It's like well, the hell with it. We're you know we're staying right here, and right. we showed up, and it was Lombardo's birthday, and it's like okay, this is our night. <laughs> you know what no I mean? Shit. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, it's man. like here we are, do, yeah, doing shots with Eric Peterson. Like this, this, this is what happens. <laughs> that's that's cool. <laughs> fucking uh, the last time I was there, uh, fucking Frank Stallone was there. Nice. Yeah, and he was just hanging out. I always, yeah, I always see him at Norms. <laughs> Every yeah. time I go to Norms Guitar, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's always at Norms. No shit, dude. I've yeah. <laughs> He's been in several videos, like just in the background, just walking through, and it's just like that was Frank Stallone. <laughs> yeah, like uh, you'll walk into Norm's Guitars, um, and you'll see like Frank Stallone, and then you'll see uh, the guys from Flight of the Concords, like trying out acoustics and shit. And it's like, but this is the craziest place, right? <laughs> like this is. Crazy. I, I've actually never been there, but I need. I'd like to go. Oh, you got to, especially if you're, um, as all guitar players are, I mean, we're just, you know, love gear, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're all gearheads. Yeah, yeah. We all have gas. We all have gear acquisition syndrome. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter. Maybe. I mean, it, it, it could be a $200 knockoff beater piece of shit, or it could be a $2,000 fucking whatever. Yeah, I got uh, I got one of my favorite Les Pauls that I've ever played there, um, and just even that day, like, will spark these awesome memories in my mind. I'm like, oh man, I just picked up this Les Pauls. Like, this thing is incredible, but it was the one that stood out out of twenty five Les Pauls that I picked up <laughs> because there's so many guitars. What was there. so special about it? <laughs> you know? Um, it was the way it sounded before I even plugged it in, like the way it sounded before I even plugged it in. And I'm a big, uh, like whenever I'm a big Les Paul fan and to me, you can tell the quality of a Les Paul, especially if it sounds great before you even plug it in, like just the strings coming off the body and the neck. Mm hmm. The tone of that thing's going to be pretty impressive, no matter what pickups are in it. Um, I'm just a big fan of how those guitars kind of do that. And literally, out of like 20, 25 guitars that I picked up that day, this one just kind of like stung to me. Yep. And I was like, okay. I can relate to that. I have a uh, Legend 4 Spectre. And. And yeah. I tried out probably 20 or so bases that day. And the last place I went to that they were about, they were about a half an hour from closing. 
And I was just like, and it was like one of the home shops, you know. And I went yeah. in, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick this one up. And I picked it up, and there it was. And I was like, wow, that's yep. it. Yeah, and, whatever you know, you know it's coming home, man. And, and she's lived a hard life. She gets to she gets some wall rest now, and uh, yep, yep. She uh, gets passed on to the to the uh, to the Rick. <laughs> there you go, man. Uh, That's awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and switch that. over to derailed here. Uh, derailed is five random questions uh, about anything about you as a person. Okay. Uh, do you have a system in place to keep yourself organized? Um, as far as writing or just life? <laughs> Interpret however you will. Um, yeah, I, I, there's always a uh, system of like checks and balances, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of how we learn to whatever steer down whatever road we're going down. So I think as far as a musician... I think it's always going to be set to if I'm listening back to something and I feel that I'm something I'm trying too hard, not, and I don't mean trying too hard as, as far as um, achieving the outcome, but like trying too hard to create something. I got to let it rest. I can't, I won't force it. Absolutely. Um, so that, you know, you know, I can't, I can't do that. I won't force a song. I won't force a riff. I won't force a vocal line. Um, cause that's, you know, something else like on top of all of the guitar shit and riffs and, and things like that. I write a, a, a line share, if not most of the vocal lines. Okay. Um, well, so like a lot of the melodies, if they don't work, I'm not going to force it. I'm going to let it rest till something something's going to come, you know. Right. But I think too with doing that is the idea of that if you force it then it's going to become a chore to play. Yeah. You're not going to look and as forward to playing it. And then it's going to be one of those songs that just falls along and becomes an album track. Exactly. And as far as keeping like everything organized on that same front, um, we I have what's called the Riff Cauldron, <laughs> which is like, which is our you know enveloping like okay all the ideas, and then like they all kind of go into that cauldron. Um, and then I will pick ones out of the riff cauldron, and if I'm working on them, they get moved out of that into an album folder, and <laughs> nice. then I work out of the album folder. So that's kind of like my musical organization. Um, if you look at my car, it will seem like I'm not organized at all because it looks completely just a mess on the inside. But you know, but exactly I know exactly where how is. much gear. I- yeah, I know exactly what's in it, how much gear I can throw in it at any given point, <laughs> and how it's going to stack up <laughs> right. at any given point. Uh, and I just so wanna, I live life. Yeah, I, just I live life by out, the Tetris mentality. I, I'm just going to point this out that Icarus Witch has the Riff Cauldron. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like yep, an ever. We've it's it. the riff stew. Yeah, it's, yes. it's what we've called it for years. I, um, I, I, I dig it, was, it. I dig it. I see what you did. There. Yeah, it, it, what's funny is like there's songs off of this album. The riff has been in that cauldron for maybe ten years. Okay, no, Just and I totally get that right moment because yeah. yeah. If it does, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that it's a bad riff. It's just not where it needs to be. Exactly, or it's not the right vibe or key for it. Even sometimes, you yeah, know, like not I'll write right a, time I'll write for a riff. it. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll write a riff, and then it'll be a completely different song five years later, and I'll be like, ah, oh, you know what that that riff belongs in this key. Like it should have <laughs> never been written a flat, you know what I mean? Right. Or whatever. Like it should be here. I mean, you know, they needed a riff. I mean, look at, look at motorhead, look at Ace of Spades, you know, Ace of Spades has been yeah, done dude. at least three times in their career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what is never wrong. <laughs> and, and no one is. Yeah. And, and neither of them are wrong. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> question two: Have you ever had a crush on a coworker? Uh, no. Well, I mean, trying to trying to think. I mean, me and Jason go back way back. I mean, if if, if I could have a crush on anybody, be my songwriting partner, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I get that. I mean, that's a that's a thing. I mean, because yeah, uh, it's almost like the 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 Sith, the rule of two. You know, I kind of think that's the whole thing. Uh, even with like. Go, looking at other bands like it like the next level or higher level bands you know say the beatles there was always you know john and paul and yeah and shit like that and and with kiss it's always you know uh gene and paul and you know so it's always like a a, a two there yeah i get that yeah, I mean, so yeah, definitely got man crushes with like Jason. Um, uh, me and Andrew have a man crush because we do so many projects together. Um, I think that uh, a lot of and a lot of that probably deals with like I never had like your usual high school job as far as like ah working at the mall or whatever or with you know your high school compadres or anything like that. Uh, my first job while I was in like junior high and high school, I was a grave digger. So who the, there was, there was no one that there was no one to have a crush on. <laughs> like, nah, wow. just me and a shovel here. <laughs> what is the longest you've ever waited in line for something? And what was it? Oh my God. Um, obvious, uh, I'm, either, I'm gonna go ahead and bet. I'm gonna bet it was either tickets for a show or it was fucking a, a, a Star Wars movie premiere or a Star Trek movie premiere. Um, easily hands down was probably uh, standing outside of Kaufman's for tickets. Hands down. Um, trying to think the longest line. Oh man. It was probably, I bet it was the Black Album tour uh, with 
fight and um, trying to think. It was supposed to be Alice in Chains, but it was fight and suicidal that opened up. Um, and then <laughs> it was just a couple months ago at a fucking Walmart pickup order because <laughs> it shit took like an hour and a half. I was like, I could have fucking went in the store. <laughs> wow. But yeah. Hands down. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely fucking Kaufman's definitely Kaufman's for tickets. That's awesome. Now what is Kaufman's? Is it like a, like a Kaufman's used to be a Pittsburgh, uh, department store that was in okay. all the malls. So they, yeah. That's, so they, they were who, a Ticketmaster outlet. Yes, they were a Ticketmaster outlet. So you had to wait in a line outside of the store. They would let you in, and you waited in another line to go to the ticket counter. And people would sleep yeah. for tickets, um, especially for big shows like Civic Arena, like any of the arenas or the amphitheaters around Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, you would basically spend either your day and or night there. Or half of each, you know what I mean? Like what, whatever, um, depending on what band it was. But I think Metallica was probably the craziest line I've ever waited in, and I was really young then. That was that was my second Metallica show at that point. I think. Yeah, man. Um, See that that's crazy. Like I I kind of lucked out on a lot of my shows that I went to like early on like that. I either could like fucking call the Ticketmaster number and get them. Yeah. Oh, uh, but no, there's times where I did go to like our store. Our stores were Kroger that had the outlets in them, which is a grocery store. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, we, we have them uh, in like kind of live in like the tri-state area, like Pittsburgh's in a kind of area where Ohio's right there, West Virginia's right yep. there, so yeah, Kroger's completely, yeah. Yeah, are all out through there. Um, so mm. they used to have the outlets in there, and I remember going, and they, I remember when they had their own video stores, too. Nice. And that was <laughs> that's, wild. That's and that was wild, because you went into the, into the video store to get your uh, tickets. And uh, it was just, it was nuts, man. Like, and then yeah, pick up uh, that, and you can rent, you can rent Faces of Death at the same time. That's pretty. No, awesome. see, that's the thing. They didn't have that shit. They they only oh, had like boom. fucking like they had like a very limited R section. Fuck, they weren't gonna uh, fucking carry any fucking like anything fucking crazy. Boo. Uh, why do you think some people? in relationships, murder their partners instead of just asking for a divorce or leaving? Um, number one answer, let's see. Uh, family feud. Number one answer for Quinn would be like, how many guitars do you own? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to stab you if you buy another one kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I would be, by the way, I would be the one getting killed. <laughs> Um, it's yeah. I I don't know, man. That's a crazy. That's a crazy question. I think it's um information overload. Yeah, I think it's you know. I think uh, people don't spend enough time talking to other people in person rather than just like shutting themselves off and like getting on a device and talking to the rest of the world. 
you know right um i think that you know relationships are supposed to be personal so like if you're not spending that time personally then i think some shit's shit's got to be dealt with you know i agree um so i would say yeah i would say that that's probably the you know you got to spend the time you got to you know like the the dunkin donut (laughs) man said it's time to make the donuts got to make the donuts right yeah i mean to me, that's the 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 whole idea is like you got to sit there and you know you've got to have a it's like you have a homework balance you have to have a, a a balance of everything you know and yeah it gets hard but fucking you know you got to really just you got to put in the effort. Yeah, man, it's it's work. Like relationships are a um, a labor of love. Oh. Exactly. Like, they are. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> but they are like, like both, cheesy you know, dad joke gotta, before Thanksgiving. Uh, love it, <laughs> love it, love it. But yeah, it's it, it is work, and just like anything else, like if I would say, like, just okay, say you're a corporate um, board member. You you put the work in to grow those relationships with the other board members to steer a company in the right way, to make the right decisions. In a relationship, you have to do the same thing. You have another board member that you need to get with. Yeah, that and you, you need have to incorporate to, in those decisions. That way you can make the decisions to steer your relationship in the right way. And I think that's like that's the key. And if you don't do that, it's gonna fail. Absolutely, you know, um, or, or it's or it's going to be really trying. <laughs> yeah, for sure, uh, dude. Yeah. Quinn, thank you so fucking much for coming in the Metal Forge this week. Yeah. As always, links are listed below, so please give a like, a share, and a follow. Go buy merch. Go see these dudes live. Support in any way you can. I say this every week, and I hope I say it till I'm blue in the fucking face. And I seriously hope. You all do that because every band that comes on this show kicks fucking ass. And, you know, I believe in, in some way or another, you know, I don't just fucking, I curate every fucking body who comes on the show, you know, because it's what it's all about. It's all about, there's bands that I care about that I want to like say, dudes, y'all need to listen to these guys. They're fucking awesome. That's really what it's about, you know, is turning, turning my friends on to bands of people who listen to the show and right on and that's yeah. what it should be it, and i love it you know and it's fun so yeah like i said go get uh like share follow do the social media thing because that's what we do these days right uh dude do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody today um absolutely uh i'd love to give a shout out to obviously my bandmates can't do this shit without you guys. Um, so pray, you know, blessed be to all y'all witches. Um, also, I'd love to give a shout out to Trevor from Haunt. I'd uh, love to give a shout out to Scott from High Spirits and Night. Um, Kid Ackman, who is, if you're in a metal band and you don't know who Kid Ackman is, you're probably not playing enough shows. Because Kit will travel to see metal um, anywhere. Uh, 
and just hey, a shout out to y'all, man. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, spend for time sure. with the family. Enjoy. Watch some wrestling. Let things get a little fucking crazy, right? Fuck yes, dudes. Yeah, man. Sorry, I I, I kind of got uh like sidetracked there for a second i was thinking of something to say and do you man that's the worst thing to ever do live it well no it's not of course that's not the worst thing but when you're a singer and you're just like what oh shit wait what (laughs) Uh, i was gonna say i think tuning i think tuning audibly is probably the oh yeah that's the worst that's the no uh tuning audibly is okay unless then it becomes worse when like someone announces it this is the tuning song (laughs) shit fuck that i will quit a band if that happens Yes, I will exactly. walk straight the fuck off stage if if I am ever in a band <laughs> that ever announces that this is the tuning song. <laughs> that's that might be some agreed. petty shit, but it's almost as bad. <laughs> no, as, man, agreed. It's almost as bad agreed. as fucking Skinnered. <laughs> you know. Oh, do you do, do people do that shit up there in Pennsylvania? Um, there's a, there's a, a fine line between what you can tell is a seasoned musician and a not seasoned musician. The seasoned musicians will have the cord firmly tucked between the strap and the guitar or the bass, as you will, and plugged in. Right. And they will not audibly tune. On the other side of that line, you have people fucking stepping on their cables, yanking them out all the goddamn time, and then... (laughs) also audibly fucking tuning even if it's drop d it's like what the fuck are you doing oh like, my no one wants to hear that shit <laughs> like, uh, uh, that's hard you'll have the drummer playing over you trying to tune <laughs> oh yeah that's 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 the best that's that's the best um dude i have one more question um and here it is today do you believe that fairy tale creatures like unicorns and elves and gnomes could just possibly be extinct species? Short answer, yes. Um, here's why. Um, yeah, I was about to say, and what for the long answer? <laughs> uh, here's why. Uh, and not saying that they still don't exist, because, hey, they it very well might. There's some fucked up shit on this earth that none of us have fucking seen, you know? Yeah, but none here's of us the, have seen. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, so the, the, I guess the longer answer would be like, I don't know, man, I found some pretty weird crazy shit in the back of my yard from only digging down a couple feet, so imagine if you dig down a couple hundred feet the shit you find. Oh, right. Um, and the shit we don't know about, you know? Um, so, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of if it took shape and form and it's become a thing in our minds, it was probably a thing in reality. I dig that. No, I, yeah. I totally dig that because that could be totally anything. I mean, dinosaurs to fucking dragons, you know, and why are they not the same thing? 
Yeah, exactly. Like, my thing is, like, if someone had to dream it up, it was the way shit is passed down from, you know, whatever generation to generation from, you know, going back to cavemen to going back to well, whatever and, if we were living And not only that, that or, but think of things like, you know, adapt, not necessarily adaptation, but evolution of life, you know, where, you know, where we have just changed as people the entire time, you know, where yeah. we develop, you know, freckles and shit like that, that we pass down and we pass down hair color and, and eye color and shit like that, you know? Uh, but yeah, who, who's to sit there and say that, you know, that that might be the explanation of for, for certain like, you know, dwarfism or whatever it may be. I, I don't think, know if that's um, the correct term. I hate to be that way. If it is, I if it is okay. If not, I apologize for being, you know, insensitive. I just think that, uh, like I said, if it's if it's something that we talk about, whether it be dragons or whether it be whatever, like chances are, it probably fucking existed. Yeah, you know, I mean, even still, you know, and think of it in like uh, terms of like not even just that, but like, like in terms of like Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah, you know, who's to say that it doesn't exist somehow? Exactly, and you know what? We live on this speck of uh, fucking dirt and water, right? And there's yeah. a bunch of other specks of dirt and water out there that we don't even know about. So. Man, who knows? There's there's probably uh, some sort of being looking down at this planet going, like, under a huge-ass telescope going, like, man, y'all fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah, right? It's like the, the fucking, you know? what George Carlin said. He's like, man, we'll have his time, and then it'll, and it'll shake us off like a bad case of fleas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. Dude, thank you so much for coming into the Metal Forge this week. This has been fucking awesome. Uh coming from practice where we we kind of wrote a new song and uh and right then on. Did, congratulations. And then, yeah, right? We're fucking five years in the running. No. <laughs> no, not really. Uh but uh and then having this awesome fucking interview too has been fucking cool. Uh, I'm ready to uh, to go have some fucking Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow, and publish this in a week from now. <laughs> and kick ass, dude! Right on, man. Uh, on our way out today, from No Devil Lived On, what are we gonna play? Uh, let's do Shadow Chaser. Ooh, you heard him. This is from Icarus Witch, Shadow Chaser. Yeah.
in 2017, one man's vision and passion for all things metal started out as a record store in his house. Years later, the fight against a mainstream empire continues as Shade Beast. An independent metal collective and online store based in Athens, Georgia, is the world's premier heavy metal brand for music heads that value authenticity over the mainstream acceptance. Featuring original t-shirts from some of the best underground artists, as well as stickers, posters from the Shade Beast Presents concert series. Unique, one-of-a-kind collectibles and small curated selection of vinyl and cassettes from the masters old and new. Visit ShadeBeast.com and enter promo code SITHLORD for free domestic shipping on your first order, whether you're a new customer or returning. And be sure to join the Shade Beast social groups on Facebook and the interwebs to keep up with the new release announcements and talk all things metal and Star Wars. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and filth. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. 
That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio. Something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana is the premier 12,500 square foot music superstore that has served both Southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky metro area for over four decades. Originally founded by Marvin and Beverly Maxwell in the 70s, this gym remains a Maxwell family-owned business. Mark Maxwell, along with his business partner, Whitney McNichol, continued the reputation as being the national resource for all things music. In 2022, the iconic Guitar Emporium of Louisville relocated to Maxwell's Music, creating the largest independently owned showroom in the region. The retail offerings at Maxwell's Music includes a huge selection of guitars, basses, amplifiers, effects pedals, modeling amps, keyboards, drums, banjos, mandolins, ukuleles, sound systems, stage lighting equipment, and accessories. 
The music education program at Maxwell's is second to none. From private instrument and voice lessons to DJ, EDM, recording, songwriting, and music theory, to Rock School, Weekend Warriors, and Maxwell's Music Lab, there is something for every age and every ability level. Down in repair land, guitar and instrument repairs and refurbishment are taken care of by the Maxwell's team of expert guitar technicians and luthiers. They also do appraisals of instruments as well. Maxwell's offers installations for professional audio, visual, and lighting systems for schools, churches, clubs, VFWs, funeral homes, sports fields, and so much more. There's also rentable space at Maxwell's, from the music practice and rehearsal rooms for the individuals and bands, all the way to a meeting space and concert venue that seats up to 120. That also includes a professional audio, visual, and lighting system and a sound booth. Maxwell's has it all. All this plus original functioning 1947 recording booth to make your own record. Go to the Guitar Hero Throne, to the very own Elvis statue, and don't forget the Harmony Green Pocket Park. There's a reason the Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana has been recognized by the National Association of Music Merchants as a number one award-winning best store design, as well as top 100 music store year after year. You gotta see it to believe it. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana. (laughs) 